Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. So we have been in a series for a while now, titled Authentic Faith. This is actually part 16. And we've been looking at gauging authentic faith. We've been judging ourselves because the Bible says to, and we're going to take communion at the end. So if you're not aware of that yet, we'll be taking communion at the end. And that's where Paul says to judge yourself, lest you be judged. So in these areas we've been talking about, we're judging ourselves and seeing if our, if our gauge is registering properly, right? On our car, there's gauges and we want to make sure the gauges are registering properly. If they're not, we need to notice that and get it fixed. Amen. <laughs> we, need to get our, we need to get our gauge fixed. We just had our van have a serious uh, uh, gauge problem, which meant there was a problem with the engine, right? When there's a gauge problem spiritually, we need to notice that. We need to notice there's a problem in the engine. Yeah. Amen. Something's not right, right? So we need to fix it. And that usually involves the big word we love to talk about. It starts with an R. Repent. And Jesus told the church in the book of Revelation all the time to repent. Amen. Over and over, he told the churches to repent through the Apostle John. And so really, we're, we're looking at our gauges. And if we find we're off, we get it right. Amen. Amen. And we repent. And so we're judging ourselves lest we be judged. And we are going to do a really quick review because Sarah said, you know, you need to shorten up your review a little bit. <laughs> is she back there? Is she? Yeah. So here, this is going to be the quickest review you've ever heard in your life. Watch it. Here we go. Here we go. Authentic faith worships the real Jesus. Authentic faith will have a change of words. Authentic faith will desire to be with the body of Christ. Authentic faith will lift praises to God. Authentic faith will support the preaching of the gospel. Authentic faith will burn hot for Jesus. Authentic faith does not seek to sin more, but instead seeks to not sin at all. Authentic faith is filled with love. Authentic faith is filled with witnessing for Jesus. Authentic faith will have a, have a resume full of service for the Lord. Authentic faith will be filled with leadings from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Authentic faith will be filled with prayer. Yes. Authentic faith will manifest the power of God. Amen. The shortest review you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> now, I'm not guaranteeing that's going to happen every week. <laughs> but it was hard. It was very hard. I, I could have preached every one of those points for another hour. So, you know, it's been tough. That's tough. Oh, we know. We know. We know. What are you, what are you trying to say, Griffin? <laughs> it's like, what are you saying, Pastor? What are you saying, PV? All right. We're going to go back to Hebrews 2-3 here. Hebrews, the coffee. And I did brew the coffee yesterday. Um, I did make it, and we actually brew it in the, uh, the little, uh, I forget what it's called, Italian, uh, Italian mocha pot. I forget what it's called, but you put a little water in the bottom, you put a little coffee in the thing there, you, it bubbles up, and it actually brews. It's really good. Really good that way. And so I did brew the coffee. But Hebrews is an amazing, amazing book, right? I mean, it's amazing. It's power-packed. I mean, just power-packed. 
And it focuses so much on Jesus and how good he is and how powerful he is. And it focuses a lot on making sure we're on the right path. Amen. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of check up on yourself right in Hebrews. It's a lot of, in fact, Hebrews is where we find the one passage a lot of people do not like at all. And it says, if you have known the Lord and tasted of the good things of the Lord and you walk away from it, there is no return for you. And a lot of people don't like that one, right? They're like, ooh, ooh, I don't like that. Well, you know, I don't know how many people have actually walked away from the Lord, but it is possible. And we do not want to be in that camp ever. Because not only is you, you can't you can't return. I'm not talking about being a little, you know, you, you get off, you do some things that are wrong. You do some backslidden things. You come back to God. You repent. Amen. What, you know, one of the greatest ways you always know that if your heart is soft toward God still is you have repentance coming out of your heart. When you do something that is not right, even a white lie. Right. When, when you when you like you tell the white lie and you're like, oh, God, no, forgive me for that. That was I don't even want to tell a white lie. Come on. That's a soft heart. Amen. That's right. That's and when you always want to return to God, your heart is always after God, even though you mess up, you say the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing. And, and maybe you get angry and you, you shout at someone and you're out of anger. Right. The Bible says be angry and sin not. But, but you react in anger and you scream at somebody and you just let it loose, right? <laughs> what do you do? Come on. First of all, you probably better go to that person and say, forgive me. I, I, I was out of line. I, I was out of line. But then you go to God and you say, Father, forgive me. Because I know that was wrong and my heart is soft towards you and I repent of that. I don't, I don't ever want to act like that again. Right? So that, that's one way we know that we know our heart is after God still. But talking about what I was just talking about, when we actually walk away from the Lord, that's a whole different thing, right? Yeah. And that's when the Bible says there's no return because you can't sacrifice Jesus again. Uh, but the cases of that, I don't know. Only God knows, right? How many cases there are of people actually just walking away from the Lord. I, I've heard of one. I've told you the story before on how the, 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 the minister lady in the church who was helping all over the church and, and prayed in tongues and prophesied and and the pastor, she didn't show up at church for quite a while. And the pastor went to the door and said, well, where you been? And she said, I don't want anything to do with your God or your Jesus. And slammed the door in his face. That's a walking away from Jesus. Yeah. Come on. That's not a soft heart any longer. So that's getting off on a rabbit trail already. So this could be a, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Hebrews 2, 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So this is one area we've, we've, we've gone through a lot of scriptures in Hebrews, but this is one area we kind of focused in on through this series. And, and the, the important point I pulled out of there is that word neglect and, and escape. We want to escape the judgment of God. How do we escape? We, we can't neglect the things of God. We can't neglect what God has for us to do. We can't neglect what he wants to do in us and through us. We, we can't neglect that. And that literally means make light of. So we don't make light of anything that God has for us. We don't make light of anything. And we've been talking about it in great detail through all these 
messages. But the things of God, which we, we have been talking about, all these things we just reviewed for 30 seconds, <laughs> should be heavy. Heavy. And so as soon as you find those things aren't heavy to you, you probably need to repent. Right? You're like, well, you know, prayer really doesn't matter that much. I don't, I don't, I don't. You probably need to repent because it should be heavy, right? On and on through, through all this series. These things should be heavy because we care about the Lord's things and we make them heavy and not light. Preach it, pastor. Make it plain, pastor. We had a guy at, at Bible school in our, our church there. We had a, you know, one of those big 5,000 type people churches. And there was always a guy right like in the front row. And uh, every Sunday, make it plain, pastor. And you could hear him through the whole auditorium. Right? <laughs> I thought that was so good, though. Because make it plain is good. Yeah. You know, yeah, I try and make it plain. Amen. I try and make it real plain. So you cannot walk out of here and say, I don't really know what he said. I'm not really sure. You know, I've been in, I've been in services like that, right? Where I'm like, I'm not sure what was just said. I don't even know. How do you apply it in your life? You don't even know what was said. That doesn't work, does it? So today the title is separated for God's use. Ooh, watch out. <laughs> separated for God's use. We're going to start here in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 17. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard this before, but it, it's a power-packed passage here about separation. 6, 14, 2 Corinthians, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light, we're going to take communion this morning, and what communion, or you could, another word there we just talked about was partnership. That word in the Greek is koinonia, koinonia meaning together, partners, partners together. And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial, which is, of course is, is Satan? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, because of this, right? Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Right, of course, this is often used when talking about marriage. I talk about, I use this in marriage and talk about this with marriage, right? I've told, I tell the youth quite often, you know, you do not want to be married to someone that is an unbeliever. So it's one thing if you're, if you're unbelievers when you get married. You're both unbelievers maybe, right? And one of you gets saved. Well, the Bible says to, to, to dwell with them, if at all possible, dwell with them and win them to Jesus. But if you are saved already and you're trying to find a mate, and you say, well, that person is really beautiful. That person is a great, I just like that person. I think I'll marry them. And that person is not saved. You know it. No, I don't, I'm not. You ask them, right? I hope you ask them if you're Christian. Amen. <laughs> Are you going to serve the Lord with me? No, I have no interest in serving the Lord. You do not marry that person. 
Boop, done, over. Because of this right here. Right? Well, you, what part has a believer with an unbeliever? You can't be in partnership, hello, with an unbeliever. Not as a believer, right? When I, when I, when I married Karen, I said, and I had been saved at the age of 19, we, were already, we had already been dating as unbelievers, right? I mean, she was Roman Catholic. She would say she believed in God, but she did not know the Lord Jesus Christ, right? She did not have a personal relationship with Jesus yet. But I, I, I told her when, we, when I proposed to her, and we were both now saved, right? We were both now saved, for sure saved, right? Born again at, this, uh, at that point. And I said, I'm going to serve the Lord. And if the Lord says go to Africa, we go to Africa. If the Lord says go to China, we're off to China. Whatever the Lord says, we're going to do. Can you agree with me on that? She said, yeah. That we can get married. Because <laughs> we're believers. And believers are supposed to be open to hear what God has to say and then do it together as partners. But if your partner says, no, I'm not, I'm not going along with that. We're in trouble. We got trouble, right? Right away. And so, uh, of course, I'm going on another rabbit trail. But if we, if we, if we, if we seek to marry an unbeliever as a believer, we're in trouble from the beginning, yeah. Yeah. from the very beginning, because immediately there's problems. Yeah. <laughs> immediately, right? Sunday comes, you're like, well, we're going to church. She says, or just say she, you know, she says, no, we're not. I said, well, yeah, I'm going to church. Well, I'm not going. Now we got troubles. And now you have kids, right? And your kids, and you're like, well, we're taking the kids to church. Oh, no, you're not. Yes, I am. No, we're not. Well, see, we got trouble. Constant trouble. Why? Because you didn't listen to the Bible. <laughs> Hello? You got to listen to the Bible. Amen? Amen. Now, getting on to more what I'm talking about today, although that's always good right there. You know, a lot of people need to hear that. Amen. God has called us to come out from among the worldly. Amen. Come out from among them, right? God has called us not to touch what is unclean. God has called us to be separate from the ways of the evil world. That word there, afarizo in the Greek, kind of a cool, cool word, right? You like your Greek words, I know. Afarizo. That, that's the separate word, aphorizo, from the ways of the evil world. Separate means to set or keep apart. Yeah, that's right. Separate means to make a distinction between. Yeah. Right? We, there's a separation, right? Separate. There's a distinction. The Greek word here is also translated as sever. Imagine if your arm is severed. It's not attached any longer. <laughs> Hello? That gives us a good picture of se separate. So sever means to detach completely. So we should not be attached to the world. We should be severed. We should be separate from the ways of this world. Okay. I, I got a good quote here. I'm going to read this quote for you. Erwin Lutzer... He's, a, he's a, a preacher. Erwin Lutzer said, I sometimes get this question put to me. I thought this was so good. Concerning certain worldly amusements. May I do so and so? Question mark. I am very sorry whenever anyone asks me that question. 
Because it shows that there is something wrong. Something wrong, the gauge is off. We just talked, the gauge is wrong. Or it would not be raised at all. If a person's conscience lets him say, well, I can go to A, he will very soon go on to B, C, D, E, and through all the letters of the alphabet. Isn't that good? Why? Because we chose not to separate. Can I, can I, pastor, can I go do this? Uh, whoa, why are you asking that? <laughs> right? Uh, right? Something's wrong. Gauge is off, right? Because if we go to A, all of a sudden we're at B, then we're at C, then we're at D, and then we're as worldly as the world. So we should not seek to keep worldly ways in our lives. We seek to separate from the corrupt ways of the world, right? I've seen Christians, I'm like, separate, <laughs> right? You get, a, you get Christians that are in the same spot they've been in and the same problem they've been in for years. Why? Because they won't separate. They, 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 they want to maintain this, this relationship, right? They want, I'm not talking about divorce. I'm talking, about, I always said, if, if, if you're with an unbeliever, when you get, you get saved, you stay with them, you get them saved. But they, they, we need to separate from the worldly things. And so when there isn't a separation, uh, then we keep going down the wrong path. And so that's what we're talking about today. Now, let's look at another verse here. 1 John 2, verse 15. You, you got to cover this one when you talk about this. I mean, this is like, woo. 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's one of those punch in the face verses right there, right? Boom! Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. Ooh, that should make us want to do the will of God right there. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> do good. Don't get tired of doing good, right? We talked about that. We don't get tired of doing good. We want to do the will of God all the way to the end. So we are not supposed to love this world, which is full of lust and pride. Come on. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. No, we separate from the sin of this world. Now, in our current church culture, <laughs> I'm not talking this church, I'm talking church, right? Uh, the teaching of separation, ooh, not taught much at all. Mm, no, no, no. No, 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 don't, you don't, you've been. The hyper grace message says you can do whatever you want. You are good to go because you have been saved and there is no separation needed. Well, many churchgoers today, they don't like to be told to separate from sin, from evil, from anything. Uh, they don't want to be told to separate at all from anything. <laughs> many churchgoers just want to hear, just want to hear this. This is all they want to hear. Jesus loves you. And if the message doesn't say Jesus loves you, then that's not, that's not God. 
Actually, Jesus is loving us right now by disciplining us. And that's Hebrews also, right? Hebrews says if we're not disciplined, we're not even children. Because the father disciplines his children, which goes right with this, right? If you love the world, the love of the father is not in you. No, we, we, we need discipline. And we don't need just to hear Jesus loves you. We need to hear Jesus loves me, me and you, right? We need to hear that. But we need to hear a lot more than that. <laughs> a lot more than that. <laughs> Woo. Uh, many churchgoers have no intention of changing anything. Nothing. Right? They, 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 they profess Jesus. They come to church and then nothing changes at all. And you're like, there's supposed to be a separation from the world, from worldly things. I, I looked this up. I was just happened to run into it. Gallup polls, you've heard of the Gallup polls. They, they do a lot of Christian uh, polling. And they have found in polling very little difference in ethical behavior between churchgoers and the world. Hello? Very little difference in ethical behavior of churchgoers and those who are not active in the religious realm. Well, that should not be the case. Amen. There should be a great difference between the Christian and the worldly person. Great difference. I mean, a great difference. And authentic faith, which we're talking about, will bring the separation from the ways of the world. Not that we're not going to, you know, not that we're going to make, we're going to make mistakes, but we're, we're, we're separating from the way of the world. Yep, that's right. Amen. We, we see that as a worldly thing. We see that as not of God. We see that as mm, corrupt and we separate. Amen. I'm not going to be part of that any longer. Yep, that's right. And there could be a myriad of things. We could po not possibly cover every uh, detail of this because it, it's in your own life, right? things the Lord says to you, that's not, that's not, that's not me. Yep. Yep. Separate from that. Come on. I've had very many things in my life. The Lord says, no, that's not for you. Come on now. Now we got to cover this thought because this thought comes when you talk about this. This doesn't mean we become isolationists. <laughs> Hello. Isolate from the world. No, that's what I'm talking about. We're not talking about living in caves. Some people do that. They withdraw to the cave because they want to separate. We're not to withdraw, you know, from completely from every sinner. Well, I can't, I can't be around you because, you know, you're a sinner. No, no, we go to the sinner and we show them the love of God. Amen. That's right. We witness to the sinner and we tell them about Jesus and we tell them about the love of God. Come on. And we try and bring them into the family of God. No, we, Jesus went and ate with sinners, right? He didn't sin. He didn't go to sin. He went to be a light Amen. in the darkness. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're not to make Christian only cities to dwell in. Separate. There was one who, who did that. Dowie did that back in the 1800s. Christian city. No, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. In the world, but not of the world. Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Romans 1.1. 1, 1. We're going to look at this word again. Offerizo. 
in Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, a bond servant, I love that word, that's just, that literally is slave. That's the Greek word doulos, slave, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, right? That's his calling. Separated to the gospel of God. Aphorizo, separated to the gospel of God, right? Paul understood he had been separated Amen. to God. Separated to the will of God. Separated to do the will of Jesus, right? And he didn't argue about it. He didn't argue. Come on. A lot of people like to argue with God about this. No, we don't argue. We separate from the worldly system. Come on. G Paul lived exclusively, exclusively for Jesus after he was saved. Can we say that? <laughs> Working on it. Amen. We should also live exclusively, exclusively for Jesus after being saved. Hello? Our whole life revolves around Jesus. Come on now. Everything we do should revolve around Jesus. Come on. Whew. This is a heavy, heavy message, but it's heavily needed too. Come on. We need to live exclusively for Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean you don't go to the store and drive a car. Come on now. That means everything is revolving around him. Come on. And if he says go, we go. If he says don't go, we don't go. Amen. Right? Everything's revolving around him. We live exclusively. For, that's what Paul did after being saved. That's all he did. He lived for Jesus. He preached the gospel and he got beat up for it. <laughs> but he did it. Come on now. He did not argue with the fact that he had been separated. Come on. He didn't try and go back to the old man. Come on, we got to consider our old man as dead. That's what Paul said. Consider the old man as dead. Put on the new man and live as the new man that you are. Come on, we got to live as the new man. Our old life is gone. Who? How many lives could be saved? And I mean physical lives. If they would get saved and then leave the old man behind. Now, there's a lot of, lot of sad testimonies of Christians who... Killed themselves, did all kinds of horrible things. Why? Because they would not leave the old man behind. You got to leave the old man. Separate. And, and live exclusively, exclusively for Jesus, right? Everything revolves around him. Serve the Lord with all of our heart. For the rest of our lives. When we get saved. Sadly, that's greatly missing. Come on. When people get saved nowadays, they think, I'm saved, I'm good, I'm on to heaven. Woo, I just go do what I want now. No, we're supposed to turn it all over to him. Our whole life now belongs to him. And we should be what Paul said, a bond servant, a slave of Jesus. Come on. That simply means he is Lord. And that's what we call him. And that's how we get saved. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. And when Jesus is Lord, he is master. 
And, and so, it, you know, people get off on these words. Well, slave, are you? Yeah, slave. Whatever he says goes because he's just trying to get you to the right place at the right line. He's just trying to get you blessed. Amen. That's right. <laughs> and so many people want to argue with Jesus. Come on now. We don't want to argue with Jesus. We want to do what he said. We live exclusively for him. Exclusively. Come on. Jesus should be our all. We should have separated from the world immediately. I mean, woo. <laughs> you know, I, I think about this. Every once in a while I think about this. Our, our wedding, Karen and I's wedding. It was the most Christian wedding you probably have, will ever, ever see if you could see it. I, I think we still have it on VHS tape. VHS, VHS. You like that? You like that VHS tape? I said, we're going to do this song, and it was just full of scripture. And we're going to do this song, and it was full of scripture. And we're going to do that song, and it was full of scripture. And then we, oh man, we just, we had a Christian wedding. I mean, a Christian wedding. Why do I say that? Because that was in my heart. That's who I am. And so when we were getting married, I, I just said, this is going to be, this is going to be a Christian wedding like you've never seen. It was Christian, 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 Christian. And there was a lot of people there from my families and her families that, that had no clue the real gospel. Oh, but they found out that day. Now, did they receive it? Some of them may have. Hopefully some of them did. <laughs> Amen. But I was going to, I was going to, it was also going to be a witness. Yeah. Our wedding was a witness of God, of the real God. Uh, I know there were many religious people in that building that day. Yeah. That went to church. And then they're like, this is something different. What's going on in here? And we were singing to God. Amen. We were singing to God. The words, the songs were filled with scripture. It was all about God, Jesus, God, Jesus, because our lives were dedicated to him. And Carl and I were separated unto him. And so that's why I say living exclusively for Jesus. It should come out like that. Yeah. Right. When I go to a Christian wedding, I'm like. Is this are you are you are you guys Christian? I mean, I don't see anything Christian happening here. Hello? Well, we're, Lonnie and Lori are going to be getting married here. In fact, you're invited. I, uh, they're online right now. I forgot. I forgot. That was part of my announcements. <laughs> April 1st. I know you're going to say that's April Fool's Day. But they told me they want to remember their anniversary. They'll never forget it. <laughs> April 1st, right here at 3 p.m. When you hear the vows that I have for them to say, very Christian. Right out of the Bible. Nowadays, you know, little generic little vows, right? No, it needs to come right out of Scripture. It, it, <laughs> I've mar I don't know where to go with this one. I've married some people. I've had some people ask me, let's put it that way. I've had some people ask me to marry them. And I said, um, you know, are you Christian? And they're like, well, yeah, I'm Christian, you know. Do you understand the vows you're going to take when I, when I, when I officiate the ceremony are going to be very Christian? Then they get a little scared. 
Come on now. Why? Because they're not, they're not used to hearing scripture all throughout the vows filled with scripture, right? Our lives are to be exclusively for him. If we are a Christian, woo, we should want more Amen. scripture. Yeah. We should want more praise, whether it be our wedding or anything. Amen? Yeah. Come on. It, we are separated unto God. We are separated unto the gospel. We are separated unto Jesus. Christians are separated for the use of God. And so we consecrate ourselves to that. Come on. We, 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 we live the life we're supposed to live, right? Romans, Romans 12, right? You present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. Holy, acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Service. Which also means worship. Hello? If we're really going to worship God, we are separated for his use. And we consecrate ourselves to that. Amen. And we're going to get a little more on that right now, okay? <laughs> Romans 1.7. Romans 1.7, you're going to like this. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Now, that's a rabbit trail. Here we go. I was just thinking about this this morning. I was reading a, a post by one of my, the ministers I follow, man, wonderful man of God. He was posting this. And I thought, that is so good because it, he said, so often today in the church, we, we say it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And Jesus is our Lord. Amen. But he said, so often we forget the Father. And we talk about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we should talk about Jesus all the time. Amen. But we should also talk about the Father. Amen. And then he started quoting verses like this. I'm like, there's the verse I'm using right there. There it is. <laughs> Come on. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a Father. And we have a Lord. And we have to differentiate those two. And that's why often I talk about prayer and I make sure I differentiate and I say, when you pray, you pray to your heavenly father. You don't pray to Jesus. Right? A lot of people, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. So they'll say, start prayer and they'll say, Jesus. I, no, father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Right? You got to differentiate, differentiate the father from the son because we're to worship both. They're both God, right? We sing about Emmanuel. God, Jesus is God and God is the Father. Amen. So we don't want to leave out the Father. Amen? Amen? We need to get to know the Father. We need to get to know Jesus. Come on. We need to get to know the Holy Spirit. We need to get to know all of the Godhead, yeah. the Trinity. We need to know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. And often today, like he was saying in the post, I thought it was so good, we focus on Jesus. Yeah. And we should. Focus on Jesus, but not only Jesus. Because there is a Father and there is a Holy Spirit. And they want to work in our lives. They want to talk to us. Come on now. They want to move through us. Whoo! Isn't that awesome that God came to live in us? Temples of the Holy Spirit, temples of the living God. Whoo! Glory. Now, I, I, I go off there for a while, but let's try and get back. Let's try. Let's try. I also want to look at the same verse in the New Living. 
The New Living Translation. I want to point out something here. I am writing to all of you in Rome. Do we have it up there? Yeah. Who, who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Now, if you don't know this yet, you're going to know now. Saints, in verse 7 in the New King James, is, is, is the word hagios in the Greek. Holy, in, the, in 1 7 in the New Living, is the word, same word, hagios. What's my point? The word can be translated either way. Hagios can be translated saints or holy. Which means we are called to be saints, we are called to be holy. Amen. They go together. Hello? They go together. When, you know, often around here I say saints. Right? I'll say, I'll, 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 in the preaching. Saints. We got to saints. When, when I'm saying saints, I'm saying holy people of God. Amen. Holy people. Come on. Hagias. Same word. Translated as saints or holy. Hagias. What does it mean? It means to be set apart. What are we talking about? Separate. Come on. As an authentic saint of God, we, we, we are set apart for God's use. We are to be holy if we are a saint. If we are a saint, we are to be holy. If we are holy, we are a saint. Come on. As holy saints, what do we do? We consider our old man, our old life as dung. Amen. Paul said, I consider my old life as dung. Dung. Right? Remember? He said, I consider my old life as dung, garbage, rubbish. Ooh, he had been trained in the highest schools in the land. He was a, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And he considered all of that as dung so that he might know the Lord. Come on. He separated from his old life. He was, he was agias, right? He was a holy saint of God. We have to separate. We have to consider the old as dung. Come on now. We, we must not think we can mix the old and the new. Right. They don't mix. We don't mix the two together, the old and the new, right? You, you, come, you come into real Christianity, ooh, man, things are changing. I changed overnight. Literally. When I got saved. Things are changing, right? We separate. We, are, we, we, we get set apart from the ways of this world. Come on. In authentic faith. What are we talking about? Authentic faith. Amen. Let me give you this thought. Many old time preachers would be laughed at today for preaching what they preached. Let me give some examples. <laughs> some of those old time preachers, guess what they preached about? They, they preached against television because they knew what was coming through television. Some of those old time preachers, oh, they preached against movies. Why? Because they knew the evil that would be created by Hollywood. Some of those old time preachers even preached against newspapers. Because they knew the lies that filled those pages. 
And who is the father of lies? Satan. Hello? Come on now. They'd be laughed at today. Why? Well, because we, we are under grace and we're free to do whatever we want. Hello? Many of the old time preachers understood what was happening. And they understood the devil was trying to attach himself through that TV, through that movie, through that newspaper, right? I'm not saying everything on there is evil, amen? But you better be discerning, real discerning, very, very discerning. Come on now. There's not much I can watch at all anymore. Now, many Christians would scoff at teaching like that. In fact, I have no doubt that there's people here or online right now that are saying, ah. Ah, I'm going to scoff at that teaching. Come on. I, here's a good example. Here's a good example. I had a pastor tell me several years ago that because he had gotten hold of this, the grace message, he was now free to watch R-rated movies. Pastor. I'm like, huh. Separation, huh? From the worldly system, from the ways of the world. Come on now. Ugh. No, we should be very discerning on anything we watch. Hello? We, we, why would we allow that into our, our brain? I've had I've, Christians tell me they watch certain shows, certain movies. I'm like, woo, wow. One of the funny ones is I've talked about horror movies. You've been around very long. I've talked about that many times. Do not watch horror movies. It's filled with filth and evil, right? And then I have Christians tell me, oh, I think it's just a fun little movie. You know, it's just a fun little thing. I'm like, what? Authentic? Are you authentic? Because I, I have no desire to even set my eyes on it. Not even take one glance at it. You know, you see a picture of Freddy from the whatever movies and you go, ooh. Come on now. Yeah. No, I have no desire to look at any of it. If we are separated unto God, we should have no desire at all to look at it. Because think about God being on the inside of you saying, what are you looking at? That could go into many, many different areas, couldn't it? But whatever we're looking at, come on, remember, God is looking too. And God's looking right through your eyes and saying, what are you looking at that for? Hello? We must be very aware the enemy is always trying to separate us from God. Remember, we're talking about separation. Well, we separate from the world, but the devil wants to separate us from God. 
What, what happened to that lady that I was talking about earlier who, 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 who denounced Jesus to the pastor who came to her house and said, I want nothing to do with your God. Well, somehow the devil got in. And I believe the story goes that she had got involved with a man, an ungodly man. Separation. She had been separated unto the gospel. She had been separated unto God, was in the church, serving the Lord, preaching, uh, uh, prophesying, speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. And she had been separated unto God, but then she started to have fellowship with the unbeliever. Yeah, we can't have real fellowship with the unbeliever. Not real fellowship. We can have, we can have a talk and try and win them to Jesus. But you can't have real fellowship with an unbeliever. Not as a believer. Can't happen. That you can't have real partnership with an unbeliever. So somewhere she opened the door to, to, to have partnership with the enemy. And what happened? She got, she got separated from God. You know, as we said in the series about uh, no vacancy, right? The, over and over, we talk about the devil and how he's the sneakiest one that there is. And if you don't think you can be deceived, you're already deceived. If you are sitting here today or you're online, you actually think you can't be deceived. You are deceived because anybody can be deceived. I can be deceived. The greatest man, woman of God, you know, can be deceived. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen I've seen people high, highly respected get deceived. I'm like, oh, my respect has gone way down. Hello. Why? Because they got deceived. Who? Come on. We must choose to be separate from the ways of the world. But we choose, right? We choose what we allow into these eyes. We choose what we allow into these ears. We choose what we allow into our brains. We choose. We choose. We choose not to participate in the evil ways of the world. And that could come down to many different areas. Like I said, we cannot cover every single thought in that area of what might be in your life, right? Uh, that you might need to separate from. Right? One example, horror movie. If you still watch horror movies, you need to separate immediately. I mean, that's, that's one example, right? But really, you should be led in this. We talked about led by the Holy Spirit, amen? You should be led to separate from things. When the Holy Spirit on the inside of you says, No. You turn on that TV show and the Holy Spirit says, no. You turn on that movie and the Holy Spirit says, no. Come on. You start reading some book or newspaper and the Holy Spirit says, no. Hello. You know, I got to use the example. We've talked, I've talked about it so many times. I just thought of it again, of course. But Smith Wigglesworth, one of the greatest men of God, you know, in the last whatever thousand years. <laughs> Lester Summerall, another great man of God was being mentored by him and he came to his door to be mentored by Smith and he had a newspaper under his arm as they, you know, it was in England as often, you know, he carried the newspaper arm. he just picked it up at the corner and you got your newspaper and he comes to the door with the newspaper's arm and he opened, Smith opens the door and he says, what's that under your arm? Smith was loud, bold. And he says, well, that's the newspaper. He says, don't bring that in my house. He threw it, he said, I threw it in the bushes. And I went into his house. 
Why? Because Smith understood that it was filled with evil. It was filled with lies. He didn't want it even in his house. And nowadays, oh my goodness, people allow filth upon filth upon filth upon filth upon lies upon lies upon lies upon lies into their house. Come on up. No, we need to separate. Come on. Ooh, separate from that unclean thing, right? We read in 1 Corinthians. Separate from the unclean. Put it aside. Put it away. I'm preaching this morning. Look, look at John 17, 15. I'm trying. I'm trying. You can't take the preach out of a preacher. You don't want to? Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. 1715 John. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. We're in the world, not of the world, right? Jesus realized we'd still be here. Right? He, he said, don't take them out. But keep them from the evil one. So Jesus knew what was coming, right? Jesus knew the evil one was coming for the believer. And, and Jesus prayed we'd be kept, up, kept from the evil one. I, I like Jesus' prayer. Amen. <laughs> and I receive Jesus' prayer. But let me give you this other side of it. We got to do our part. We got to do our part to stay separate. Yep. That's right. Now, I believe God is doing his part. Amen. That's right. yeah. Is God always doing his part? Yes. Of course. So God is doing his part and he's keeping us from the evil one. But if we choose the evil one. Yeah. Come on. The movie comes on that we know we shouldn't watch. We say, I'm going to watch that anyhow. The show comes on, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is, we say, and we say, I'm going to do it anyhow. I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to do it anyhow. What have we done? We've chosen the evil one. And we've chosen his way. And guess what? If we choose the evil one ourselves, and God's trying to keep us from the evil one. But if we choose the evil one, God can't even help us. Because we've chosen. And that's that's one of our greatest things we have as people, as humans made by God. Free will. We have the choice every day to say no or yes. And if we say yes to the devil, God says, I can't help you. He can help you if you repent. He can help you when, right? When we repent, we got help. Help is right there. If we say, Father, I know I did wrong. I agree with you completely. You know, where it says, that's interesting, First John 1, 9, where it says, if you confess your sin unto God, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That word confess literally in the Greek is homo lego, which means say the same thing as God. Say the same thing. That's why, that's why, that's why I say it like I say it all the time. I say, Father, I know that you are right and I'm wrong. And I agree with what you said. And I agree that was wrong. I'm not saying that's right in any way, shape, or form. I agree that was absolutely wrong. And I agree with you, Father. And I know, Father, that I, I, my heart is pure towards you. My heart is soft towards you. And I know you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Whoo, glory. Come on. If we choose the evil, God can't even help us. 
So what do we do? We choose to line up with God. We choose to line up with holiness. We choose to line up with come out from among them. We choose to line up with don't touch the unclean thing. Hello? Now, look at verse 16 right below that. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. He's talking about us, the saints coming into the kingdom. And when we were saved, we were made part of the kingdom. Heaven kingdom. Amen? Amen. And guess what? We're not supposed to go backwards. We're supposed to live like we are saints. We're supposed to live like we're already in heaven. That's a good way to test what you're watching and what you're doing, right? Would this be allowed in heaven? Woo! Woo! You want, you, want to, you want to ask, should I do this, pastor? Well, just think, would you be doing it in heaven? I'll tell you what, you won't be watching no horror movies in heaven. Well, I dislike those horror movies. I think they're just fun. You won't be watching in heaven, so why watch them now? Separate from the unclean. Separate from the evil. Come on. Oh boy, he's preaching now. Watch out. <laughs> Come on, we're not supposed to act like the world. Oh my goodness, I'm so sick of Christians acting like the world. No, we're supposed to act like the saints of God that we are. We should be full of the Spirit, full of God, full of life full of power, full of love, full of God. Yeah. That's the saints of God that needs to manifest in these last days. Amen. The real saints of God need to manifest. Yeah. Come on. And, 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 and we're growing, we're growing, and we're getting there, amen? amen. But we need to grow up and be who we are. And that means we have to be holy. We have to walk as a saint. Holy, separated, set apart, holy, agias. Yeah. We ain't done yet. We're getting there, though. Look at verse, did we go through? Yeah, verse 17. 17, 17. Sanctify them by your truth, right? We're still in the same passage. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Now, look at this. Sanctify is another word that goes right what we're talking about right now. That word in the Greek is hagiazo, which, of course, we just talked about hagias. Notice the same root. Hagias, hagiazo. Hagiazo is the Greek word for sanctify, which means to separate from profane things. Separate from profane things and dedicate to God. That's what sanctified means. So we are to, that, that, that's a whole nother part of this whole, this whole uh, teaching right now is sanctification, which again is rarely talked about in the church. Sanctified. Right? Used to be, well, I'm a sanctified saint. Which means we understand that we are set apart yep. for him. And we do his will. And the world comes along and says, would you come here and do our will? And we say, no, I don't, I don't do your will. I do his will. And the world comes along and says, hey, come on over here and be part of this. You say, <laughs> no. And the world comes along again and says, hey, be part of this. You say, uh-uh, no, uh absolutely not. Come on. Because we are sanctified. We're set apart. We, we, we have separated from profane. Same, same root as hagias. So sanctified saints separate. 
And we're sanctified, notice this, sanctified by the truth. Sanctified by the truth of God's word. Come on, the word of God has to be first place. As we talk about all the time around here, the word of God has to be first place. We need to know this word. We need to study this word. We need to know this word. Come on. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. That means when the word is in us, that's going to be sanctifying us. Woo, come on now. To stay out of the corruption of this world, I tell you what, you better know, and I better know the truth. Yes. Not just a little surface knowledge of the truth. Come on. To know the truth. Amen. Ooh, like we said in the no vacancies over and over again. The devil is going to come in and try and twist the scripture. And he is actually going to quote scripture to you, just like he quoted scripture to Jesus. And if you don't really know this, come on, if you don't really truly know this and have it abiding on the inside of you, you're very likely to turn to him and say, really? Huh, well, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Like I said, I've been saying this, I've run into so many people recently that are off. off and I'm like you are off right oh man one of the weirdest things right now is I keep running these people that they, 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 they focus on the Old Testament Old Testament Old Testament Old Testament and I'm like I love the Old Testament but what about the new what about the new covenant that I'm in well we gotta, we gotta look at this we gotta look at that it's all old it's all old and I'm like well, that's good. That's, that's good. We need to know that. Yeah, we need to, but what about this, this, and this, and that, and this, and this, and that, and this, 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 and that? In the new. Come on now. We need to know this. So, oh man, if I hadn't, if I hadn't known this, even when I was first saved, I got, I got knowing this real fast. Real fast. Right? I, I was knowing real fast. <laughs> And I was, I was going to, a, I got to an on-fire church pretty quick. I, 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 was, I was feeding on Christian television, which actually was feeding me really good with truth. Real truth, not religious junk. And I was getting raised up fast in the word. And, and, and I've told you before, a Jehovah's Witness came along my path within a few months of me being saved. And started quoting the scripture to me. And I knew it was being twisted because I already had it in here. And I'm like, you're twisting the scriptures because that's not what that means. Hello? That's not what Jesus was saying there. And that, <laughs> come on now. So what I'm saying, you got to know this. He will sanctify us. He will set us apart for his use through his truth. Come on. Yeah, a lot of people don't, don't, don't want to know the truth. Well, that's a problem. Because we know the truth and we can become sanctified by the truth because we know actually what God said. And then we, 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 we lay aside that thing we need to lay aside, right? We, 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 we separate from that thing we need to separate from because we know the truth. And the devil can't trick us. Come on. The devil comes in and says, doo -doo -doo -doo, and you say, ha, 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 ha. And you say, like Jesus, it is written. 
Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Right? Remember? He said, throw yourself off of here and the angels will catch you. The Bible says it. God said he will catch you in his hands. The angels are camped around about you, Jesus. Just throw yourself off. The angels are going to catch you. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Because he knew it was being twisted. And, 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 and if he wasn't, of course, we know he's the word of God, right? The logos. But how many Christians have been taken by that? Not that exact circumstance, but a different circumstance where the devil came in and said, well, you know, God said this. And they're like, well, yeah, he did say that. Yeah, you're right. He just said that, right? But they didn't know it was being twisted. Ooh, they twist scripture like crazy nowadays, right? To prove their sinful way, they have to twist it. So they, 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 have, they have to prove that this sin is right somehow. So they take a bunch of scripture whoo, and they twist it all over the place. And you start researching that, you're like, wow, that is a twisted mess right there. Because you're ignoring, in fact, I had a guy recently that was quoting the scripture to me. That was, that was I don't want to go in detail on it, but he, he was quoting a scripture right above another scripture. And he said, look at, remember, Jesus said this in this scripture. And I said, yeah, he did. And then we talked a little bit more of this and that, this and that, and this and that. And, and, and then later, they, we, we got out of that conversation. And later I'm like, I got to look that up because that's bugging me. So then I went and I looked it up and I read the next four or five scriptures after that. And it, it refuted everything he had just said. Yeah. Everything he was talking about was completely refuted by the next four or five verses. I was like, oh, phew. phew. <laughs> right? Because this will, this will keep us on the right track. This will keep us on the right track. Woo, which leads me to my last point, I think. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Husbands, there you go. Love your wife. Give yourself for her. Amen? Amen. Sacrifice for her. Come on. But look, look at the next word. That... Why, why did Jesus give himself for us, the church? Sacrifice himself that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Sanctify and cleanse her. Set her apart for, her, for, for the use of God. Cleanse the vessel. Cleanse, make us vessels of honor for his use. Cleanse the vessel. Sanctify us. Set us apart, right? You got the china in the cabinet that's set apart for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Every day we use the, the Fiesta. I think they're called Fiesta dishes. You know, it's a very popular brand. And then we, we have the fancy dinner and you pull the china out because it's been set apart for the fancy dinner. Come on. We've been set apart by God Amen. for the fancy dinner. Whoo, the marriage supper of the lamb. But right now on the earth, come on, we are set apart for his use. Look at yourself as a vessel of God walking around this earth. A vessel of honor, sanctified and cleansed for the use of God. So when your eyes lay on something that it shouldn't be on, you say, I am sanctified for God's use and I won't be looking at that. Amen. Come on now. 
Woo! We're having fun today, aren't we? Now, I got I to mention this. <laughs> the Greek word here for word here, I love this. The Greek word for word is rhema. Right. Not logos. As we might expect, if you know, have been around very long, we talked about logos not very, not very long ago, right? The word. Logos, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The logos was made flesh. Jesus is called the logos, the word. And word is also used just of, just of word words, right? In the Bible. But Logos, when it's speaking of Jesus, it's referring to him as the word of God, right? The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Rhema is the spoken word. Spoken. You know where I'm going, don't you? <laughs> Rhema means spoken word. He, he's not talking about washing of water by the Logos. He says the washing of the water by the Rhema. I'm going somewhere here. Inspired preaching of the word. Spoken word. You need to be under the spoken word. You need to hear inspired preaching of the word. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, many times, many people think preaching is not necessary. And, 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 oh, Preaching of the word is very, very, very necessary Amen. and very, very important. Amen. <laughs> Sitting under real inspired preaching of the word, that's going to keep us washed. Come on. Keep, sitting under word, the word that's preached with power and authority, like Jesus did. Remember, they said, this man speaks with power and authority. We've never heard this before. Because the Pharisees spoke like this. Come on, they were not speaking inspired utterance. They were speaking intellectual thoughts. But the inspired preaching of the word, whoo, that's going to keep us washed. Amen. Come on, we don't need lukewarm preaching. That's why I always say, get out of the lukewarm church. Amen. You don't need lukewarm preaching. You don't need it. It's worthless. Amen. You don't need religious homilies. <laughs> Big theological word, homily. Pastor, what was your homily about today? My message was about separation unto God. Oh. I don't want to hear about that. Because I'm very religious, you see. Hello? Come on. We need the inspired preaching of God's word. And a lot of people don't understand preaching is ordained by God. Hello? Paul said people are saved by the preaching of the gospel. It's the power. Come on. There is such power in preaching Amen. when people's hearts are open to receive. When people's hearts are open to receive the power in preaching. See, that's, it's, it's ordained by God himself. God set up the system. We can't change the system. People love to change the system. No, we don't change the system. Preaching is a part of God's kingdom. And we're going to be here and preaching forever. Amen. 
And I can't wait to hear Jesus preach. Because <laughs> Jesus is the best preacher there is. And we get to send under the preaching of Jesus. Woo, the Logos himself. The word himself. We get to sit under that. Come on now. Ooh, ooh. No, preaching is necessary. It's part of God's kingdom. It's God ordained. And it's not like, it's not like by the world. Because it is God ordained. I'll tell you what. If someone doesn't like preaching... But I don't like that preacher. I don't like that preaching stuff. I just like a good, good little message and I want to go home and eat my lunch. <laughs> if they don't like preaching, they are worldly. Yeah, that's right. And I would say they're not saved. Yeah. Because I, from the moment I got saved, wanted to hear preaching. Ooh, that goes right back. To the moment I got saved, I started giving. The moment I saved, I ran to church. The moment I got saved, I wanted to hear preaching. Why did I want to hear preaching? It's God ordained. Yes. And so my spirit man was crying out for good preaching. In fact, I, like I said, I was getting some good preaching on television and I was getting some good food and some sanctification by the word. And then I, I had to find a church that would preach the word. <laughs> inspired utterance. Come on. Inspired utterance from the word of God. I had to find it. I had to. Amen. Because my heart was crying out for it. My, my, my spirit was crying out to hear authentic, come on, authentic, inspired preaching. Because I knew something inside of me knew. Well, God's in there, right? He's talking. And he's saying, this is what you need. And this is what you need. And this is what you need. And this is what you need. Come on now. And, and so I just started following. Right? You know, you know, you know, you need something, right? You know, you know when you need something. And like I said, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I know I needed something, right? And I said, I need more. I need more. God, what am I missing? I need more. I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know what I need. I need something. I need more, right? And God led me to a man on a path who said, you need to go out to Faith Center Church and you need, you'll find your more there. <laughs> Come on, God will get it to us if we have hunger. Amen. If we have hunger. I've had many people say they're interested in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, very few ever return to ask anything about it after that. <laughs> I'm interested in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, would you watch the video I have online? It's called Receive the Holy Spirit. And then next week, did you watch the video? No. Did you watch the video? No. Did you watch the video? No. Okay, you're not interested. You have no hunger. So you're not going to get it. Come on. We got to have hunger, saints. Amen. We talked about this morning already. Whoo. We sang about it, didn't we? Yep. Authentic face, faith wants to hear the inspired preaching. It has a hunger for it. Whoo. I got to hear some good inspired preaching of the word of God. I got to hear it. I got to hear it. And then you turn on someone who's not and you're like, whoo, turn that off quick. Come on. And I got some, I got some reliable Come on, I got some reliable preachers that I can go to. Because I know every time I turn it on, I'm going to hear the word. I'm going to hear the inspired preaching of God's word. I'm going to have the rhema word spoken to me. And I'm going to be sanctified. Whoo! Hallelujah.
I'm going to be washed by the washing of the water by the word. Where are we? We're in verse 27. I know we're, we're there, we're there. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Yeah, yeah that's right. Did you hear that? No wrinkle. Amen. Without blemish, without a spot. When we are presented to Jesus as his bride forever, we should not have a spot. Amen. <laughs> Come on now. What does that mean? We've separated ourselves unto him. Come on. What I say? You got to choose. You got to choose it. Can you imagine sitting there watching a horror movie and Jesus returns? You're like watching Freddy and you're like, and Jesus returns in the clouds. And you're like, ooh, that was bad timing. <laughs> bad timing, Jesus. <laughs> bad timing. No, we should choose to be separating ourselves from all the evil. Yeah. All the ways of the world. Come on. We choose to. We separate ourselves from the unclean. When we see Jesus, come on, he wants to see. He wants this. He wants this, a glorious church. A glorious church. Glorious, separated unto him completely, exclusively his. Come on, belonging to him exclusively. Not belonging to this and that and this and that. And then I got I belong to you too, Jesus. I belong to you. But I belong to that, that, and this, and this, and that, that, this, this. But I belong to you. And he says, you shouldn't be belonged to any of that. You belong to me. Exclusively. And whatever I say goes. Whoo. He's preaching today. What are you saying today? <laughs> I'm asking. I'm asking you and me today. Come on. If we are truly separated. Truly separated from the ways of the world. Come on. I know God spoke to you some things today. Well. The preaching was happening, the washing of the water by the word, and there was washing happening, and the washing was happening, and God said, yeah, put that aside. you you got to choose to separate. Come on. I'm asking, are, are, you, are we being the holy saints of God that we're supposed to be, called to be, right? We're called. We're called to be holy, separated, set apart for God. Have we separated from the profane? Are we living the life God has asked us to live, right? Have we taken up our cross as Jesus said to do? Well, that's separation. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. That's separation. That's what it is. They, 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 they take up your cross, follow me. A lot of people wouldn't do it. The rich, the rich ruler, right? He said to the rich young ruler, sell what you have, give it to the poor, come follow me. He said, no, I can't do it. Nope, not going to do it. And he went away sad. Come on. He would not separate from whatever it is, right? In his life, it was, it was riches, right? It could be a lot of things. But what's holding, what's holding you back from, from that complete separation unto God? What's holding you back from being exclusively Jesus, Right? Can you imagine if, if a marriage, they say, well, I'm not exclusive for you. 
I got some side things going on. Well, that marriage is dead. That marriage is over, right? No, we're exclusive. I'm exclusive for Karen. And I'm exclusive for her. That's the way it's supposed to be with us and Jesus. We are exclusive for him. Right? We are exclusive. We belong completely to him. Whoo! Man. So I can just preach for hours. I already have, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take up your cross and follow after Jesus. Amen. Come on. Have you really done that? Or is there some area today that you're thinking about? I, I, I need to separate from that. And follow hard after Jesus. Because right now I'm still, I'm still connected over here to this. And I know that's not right. I know I'm not supposed to be connected here. I know I shouldn't have a connection here. I know I shouldn't be a, attached here. Remember, sever was the one of the words we defined today. Sever. Afrodizo. Afrodizo. Separate also means sever. We sever it. That's a powerful word, isn't it? Sever. Sever. You're doing something and you sever it. And so many today just want to kind of cut it a little bit. I just leave a little attachment. I just, I just, I don't want to rip that one. I got my, I got my youth one up here. I just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to separate a little bit, but I'm just going to keep a little attachment over here because I want to, I want to keep a little bit of attachment to that. So I'm just going to, you know, no, separate. Come on, come on, separate completely. You're involved in that and you know, it's not of God. You say, I'm done with that. Holy. Hagias. Hagiazo. Sanctified. Set apart for God's use. Set apart for his glory. And, and the, 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 the unsanctified, come on, the worldly way is gone. The old man is dead. Shh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Authentic faith is going to separate from the ways of this world. There is going to be a separation if it's authentic. And today, if you need to repent of something, repent. If something came up in your heart and you say, I know I need to separate, repent of doing it and separate. We're going to take communion right now. There's not a better time to separate than communion. Come on. Communion in fact, in, in, in these scriptures we're going to read here in a minute in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says right after talking about communion, he says, and judge yourself lest you be judged, which we talked this whole series about. This whole series has been revolved right around that scripture. Judge yourself lest you be judged. Right? 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. 31. Before we take communion, judge yourself. Come on. Communion is a symbol, a sign that we belong completely to Jesus. It's a sign that we belong to him completely. We are one with him and we are separated unto him. Right? Communion is partnership. That's what it is. I'm in complete partnership with Jesus. I'm exclusive for you, Lord. Come on. So this is a good time. Communion 
is a good time to judge ourself. Right? Any, in fact, any area we've talked about in this series, I, I, this might be the last message of the series. I don't know, but I think it might be. <laughs> I think it might be. But the, 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 what a perfect time to take communion. And if there's anything in, these, in this series that you've said, I need to get my gauge corrected. I need to get the gauge on track. Do it now. Repent right now. Amen. Before we take communion, I want to give a quick salvation call because technically you don't take communion until you're saved. Salvation comes first because communion says I'm his and I belong completely to him. So today, if you don't know the Lord, if Jesus is not your Lord, all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart, God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is a path for salvation. You gotta realize you've sinned. You've gotta realize there's an answer. His name is Jesus. And you need to confess him as Lord. Believe in your heart, confess him as Lord, and be separated unto him. When you call him Lord, you're saying, I give, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you everything. Uh, you are Lord. You are Kyrios in the Greek. Lord of my life, you are master of me forever. I'm a slave, a doulos of Christ. If that's you today, whether you're here or you're online, and you want to come into salvation right now. You want to be separated unto God's use right now. Pray this prayer after me. Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I repent of all works of darkness. I want nothing to do with the devil's kingdom. I want in your kingdom. And I know the way in is through Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're alive. You are my Lord. Jesus is my Lord forever. Jesus is my Savior forever. Jesus is my Master forever. I am exclusively yours forever. Thank you, Father, for giving me eternal life. Thank you for making me a new creation in Christ. Teach me your ways. Show me your ways. And I will follow them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Glory to God. Now, all the Christians in here today and all the Christians online today, we're going to take communion. If you don't have a cup yet, raise your hand. Where's Don? Okay, Sarah can get it. If you don't have one, let me raise a hand and Don will get one to you or Sarah give one to you. If you don't know, this is an a, a, a easy way to hand out communion now. You got a very sanitary way. You got a wafer under the first layer and the juice under the second layer. So you can get those ready. We are going to read the scriptures and we are going to proclaim that we are exclusively for Jesus as we take communion this morning. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. 
this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's give thanks for the broken body. Jesus, we thank you that you gave your body for us. You allowed it to be broken for us. You allowed your whiskers to be torn out. You allowed the crown of thorns upon your head. You allowed the beating to happen. And as Isaiah said, you were marred beyond recognition. You were beat for us. You took the nails for us. Your blood was shed for us. And as the, your word says, as the Logos says, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. So even as we have sickness, if we have sickness in our body today, we, we take the healing of God because we know that you paid the price not only for our sin, but for our sickness. So we take the healing, take the health that you provided, and we do this right now in the remembrance of what you did for us, Jesus. Let's take the bread together. Thank you, Lord. Verse 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let's give thanks for the blood. Lord Jesus, we, we, we are so thankful you poured out your blood for us. We are so thankful that that, that blood was shed on this earth for us, the precious blood of Jesus, that the, the only thing that could have brought us forgiveness of sin. And you did pay the price and you did offer yourself up. You gave it all for us. And so now we remember what you did. We remember that we are saved by your blood. We remember we are forgiven by your blood. And we give thanks to you today, Jesus, that you shed your blood for us. And now we can come into the kingdom and be in the kingdom forever because, only because of your blood. We give you thanks for it today, Jesus. Let's take the cup together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We belong to Jesus exclusively, exclusively. Come on. The old man, come on. The old man is away and the new man has come. And we are the separated saints, the separated, holy, sanctified saints of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Come on, give him some thanks. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, our God. We thank you, our great God, for the provision you've provided, for everything you've given to us. We thank you, our God. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, for Jesus. We thank you. We thank you for all the good things you do for us, Father, every minute of the day. We thank you, Father, those things we don't even know. 
that you're doing for us. Jesus is even making intercession for us right now. As your word says, the Jesus forever lives to make intercession for us. Father, we thank you that your eye is on us all the time. You love us constantly. Your love is being poured out to us constantly. And Father, we are receivers of it. We are believers. We are receivers of your great love. We receive, Father, your word. We receive what you had to say today. We receive the separation that we are called unto. We receive everything you have for us, Father. Everything you have for us. Because we know everything you have for us is good. And even if it hurts a little, we know it's good. Because we know that the discipline came and we had to make the correction and we made it. And we won't be thrown into the world judgment. We'll escape that. Because we didn't make it light. We didn't take the correction of God lightly. We took the discipline of God heavy. We took the correction of God heavy. And we did what you want us to do, Father. And we got our gauges correct. And we repented of everything we needed to repent of. And we walked in your will and in your path. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. our lives for we want to please you our father 
want to please you, our God. May our lives reflect the glory of the King. May our lives shine for you. Lift up a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praises to our Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, our Father. I believe the Lord is still speaking to hearts this morning even. And there's still some adjustments that need to be made. And some of you are fighting it. And some of you don't want to make the adjustment. But I guarantee you, if you'll make the adjustment, you'll be happy and you will be blessed. And you will be the vessel of honor that God has called you to be. Because he can't, he can't use people that won't make the adjustment. Because he said, cleanse yourself from the latter. Cleanse yourself from the iniquity. And don't commit, keep committing that sin. Don't keep committing that evil. Don't commit to that. Commit to me, says the Lord. And give yourself completely to me. And when we do that, God can use us. And we can be that vessel of honor for his use. So don't fight the adjustment. Don't fight the discipline. Don't fight the correction from God. Receive it. As a child of God, receive it. And no matter how hard, how hard it is, no matter who you offend because you left their worldly way, that, 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 that type of offense is fine. You leave the world behind. And the people will be mad at you. And your friends will be mad at you. And there'll be family that's mad at you. But you don't stick with the worldly way. You'll go God's way. No matter what, you choose God's way. If every friend leaves you and every family member leaves you, you say, I'm choosing God's way. I'll be choosing God's way, thank you. And you keep going that way all the way to the end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We receive it. We receive the correction from heaven. 
We receive what you had to say to us today. We don't throw it out, but we let it abide in us and we become doers of your word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ooh, we just flowing this morning. Amen. It's hard to stop. When you feel like you could just preach and prophesy for the, for hours. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is faithful. Amen. He's faithful. He's always faithful to us. He'll get, it, he'll get the answer to us if we're looking. Amen. If we're searching, if we're hungry, he'll get the answer to us. Amen. Well, whew. I just feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. like a heaviness on me right now and I'm not sure what to do. Bible says the spirit convicts of sin, righteousness and judgment. So I believe today some of what was happening was that. And there was a conviction brought by the spirit of the living God of sin Righteousness. What is sin? What is righteousness? And the coming judgment. And I do believe some are in a valley of decision. And they haven't quite decided yet to be exclusive for Jesus. 
And so I believe that's why the Lord is holding us for a little bit longer here. Because I believe there's at least one person here who does not want to conform to the image of Christ. And you're fighting what God is saying today. But God is calling you to repentance as he calls all of us to repentance. And so there is another warning coming forth before we dismiss this morning. There's another warning coming forth right now. To lay aside the weight and the sin that so, be, so easily besets us, as Hebrews says. And to run our race for Jesus. Exclusively for him. So I believe the Lord is saying one more time, lay it aside. Lay it aside. Warning. 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 Lay it aside. Lay it aside. Warning from heaven. Lay it aside. And be exclusive for the Lord. And let your life revolve around him. Let your life revolve around his word. Let your life revolve around Jesus and the Holy Spirit and our Father God. As we said earlier, don't think you can't be deceived. And think that sin is okay. And think that unrighteousness is okay. And be deceived into thinking it's okay. God is asking you to separate from the unclean, to separate from the unrighteousness, to separate and be the holy saint of God he's called you to be. Heed the warning. Heed the warning. This morning, heed the warning. Hallelujah. I receive it. You receive it this morning? We heed the warning, Father, because we want to hear well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if you didn't know it yet, you're in a church that believes God is alive. <laughs> and he wants to speak directly to us. Amen? He doesn't want us just to, you know, have a cursory knowledge of him. But he wants us to have a deep relationship. 
deep, deep, intimate, deep and intimate. I just saw something this morning, Catherine Kuhlman, I don't know if you know her, but she was a mighty woman of God. Miracles, signs and wonders followed her ministry. One of probably the greatest women of God you'll ever could speak of. And several people said below it, when you heard her pray, you didn't know where God stopped and she began. As she prayed in the back room before she went out to the crusade, to the meeting with thousands of people in the auditorium, they said she was in such deep, intimate prayer with God. Even Oral Roberts says, nothing like I've ever seen. I've seen some of those things in, in mentors in my faith. I like that. Amen. I've, I've seen, I've seen some of my mentors in faith in, in, in a conference, in a conference, kneel down and start praying to God. Like we weren't even there. conversation with the Father. Intimate, deep relationship. Come on. Saints, we can all have that. It doesn't have to be the man on the stage. It doesn't have to be the man that we look up to as a great man or great woman of God. We can all have it. We can all have it. We can all talk to the Father. We can all talk to God like He's right in the room with us. You believe it this morning? You're going after it? You're hungering after it? Hungering and thirsting after righteousness? For you will be filled. You will be. Hallelujah. Man, we are having a time. Shh. You ready for some more services like this? <laughs> One more scripture. <laughs> Griffin. Oh, leave it to Griffin. That's perfect. One more scripture. I could. <laughs> I know. Well, we're going to go in the presence of God. Allow the Spirit to just keep talking to you right as you leave. Allow the Spirit to keep ministering to you. And, and of course, keep ministering to Him. Minister to God. Worship Him. Amen. All week long. I think we prayed several times already. I don't remember how many times we prayed. <laughs> you got one more prayer. Don, you got some something back there? There's some stuff back there. Peanuts? <laughs> Griffin, you can't eat those. <laughs> There's something back there, Neil. Go out of here. Come on and shine for Jesus. And shower this community with the love of our Father. Amen. 
you are dismissed. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E dot org. We hope you join us again next week.